We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikeknopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. There is a classic episode of The Simpsons where, uh, in which Homer uh, goes to a sushi restaurant. He's never been to a sushi restaurant before. He doesn't know if he likes sushi. He tastes sushi. He then decides that he wants to order everything on the menu, uh, including blowfish sushi, which uh, if it's, according to the episode at least, I don't know if this is true in real life, but if it's not, uh, if it's not shechted properly, if it's not cut properly, uh, you could accidentally ingest poisonous parts of the fish instead of tasty parts of the fish. And uh, a, a turn of events happens that uh, uh, leads the restaurant to believe that Homer had ingested the poisonous parts of the fish. Uh, so he goes to the doctor, and the doctor tells him that he only has 24 hours to live. And so he promptly makes a list of all of the things that he wants to do in those 24 hours, the final 24 hours that he has on Earth. Uh, he does some of them, not all of them. It's a good episode. You should watch it if you can. Uh, and then he falls asleep late at night while after, uh, being, uh, after spending some time with his family. He falls asleep to discover in the morning that he actually wakes up. And with this renewed lease on life, he is ecstatic, overjoyed, and pledges to uh, live entirely differently, to live the kind of life that he lived in that one day that he had left on Earth, uh, where he felt like he needed to get everything important done. He wants to live every day like that from now on. And then the episode cuts to him a week later, sitting on the couch eating potato chips. Reminding us of the fact that the insight born of our mortality is something that we don't always hold and don't always journey with. We spend time over the course of the High Holy Days meditating on, praying about, reflecting upon our mortality. That's one of the key themes of Yom Kippur especially, is this idea that we only have a limited amount of time here on this earth. We don't always know when that time is going to end. So how will we live our lives? How will we live each day recognizing that each day is precious for it might be our last? We spend the High Holy Days reflecting on that truth. But... As the example of Homer Simpson reminds us, we don't always hold that truth once the immediacy of the insight is gone. So the question that we turn to as the High Holy Days come to a close is what will you take with you that will remind you of what you learned about how you're supposed to live during the High Holy Days. 
That, I think, is what this holiday, what Shmini Atzeret, is supposed to be about. It asks us the question and invites our reflection on the, on the issue of what will we take with us as we depart from this sacred season? I think that because, as I mentioned a few times during the service, the Torah says scarcely little about Shmini Atzeret. It mentions it in a couple of places, both of which, if you're biblical critical scholars, both of which are priestly sources, once in Leviticus and uh, once in the book of Numbers. It talks about um, an atzeret at the end of Sukkot. Uh, In a few places where it talks about Sukkot that are not priestly sources, it doesn't talk about this atzeret. And in the Haftorah that Lisa so beautifully read for us today... We learn about the eighth day of the festival, or the eighth day following the festival of Sukkot, uh, which was uh, in the time of Solomon, the time in which the temple was dedicated. And the eighth day, as uh, we learned at the very end of the Haftorah, Bayom Hashmini Shilach Etaam. Shilach Etaam. On the eighth day, he let the people go. And they bade the king goodbye and Ohalehem, excuse me. They, they bade the king goodbye and went to their tents. They went to their homes. Smechim Vitove Lev, joyful and glad of heart. Over all the goodness that the Lord had shown to his servant David and to God's people Israel. The eighth day in this Haftorah, at least according to its plain meaning, is not a holiday, not part of the dedication festival, but rather the day on which Solomon told all the people, go home. So what is this Shmini Atzeret? What is this holiday that we now call a Yom Tov in and of itself, the eighth day? First, I think it's worth recognizing what the term Atzeret means. If you're in Israel and you see a stop sign, what word is on the stop sign? Atzor. Stopping. That's atzeret. We usually translate it as a solemn assembly, a day of gathering. But actually it means a day of stopping, a day of concluding. It's like the closing ceremonies. So when it says the atzeret happens at the end of Pesach, it's the end of Pesach, the day in which Pesach stops. When it talks about atzeret in relation to Shavuot, it's the culmination of the Pesach season, the end of the holiday. And so atzeret on Sukkot, or connected to Sukkot, is the end of the Sukkot season. And since Sukkot is really a continuation of the High Holy Day season, atzeret, Shmini atzeret, is the culmination, the end, the stopping point of the High Holy Day season. And if you think about the trajectory of the High Holy Days related to their, the, the symbolic implications of the High Holy Days in, or of, of the High Holy Days in the Torah, there is a beautiful trajectory that emerges. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are days of introspection and of personal transformation. They're days on which we try to enter a new year with a clean slate, a fresh bill, a new lease on life. Sukkot 
is a time where we celebrate that new lease on life. It's man simchatenu, a time of our joy. We have a new year, God willing. We have a new opportunity to uh, be of service and to do good in the world and to flourish in our lives. This is a time of rejoicing. It's a beautiful time. And if you connect it to what Solomon uses Sukkot for in the Haftorah, it's a time of dedication, just as it was for the temple. Sukkot was the time in which we dedicated the temple. It's possible, by the way, that that's where Sukkot comes from in the first place. We make many temples in our home to remember the big temple dedication that happened uh, back then. There's a little bit of a, uh, of a um, which is the dog and which is the tail, which is the cart and which is the horse in, uh, in, in biblical um, uh, etiologies of, uh, of festivals. Uh, so we sometimes call Sukkot the Feast of Tabernacles. And we're not sure. Maybe it's the Feast of Tabernacles because of the tabernacle in the wilderness, or maybe it's the Feast of Tabernacles because uh, it was actually originally the dedication week of the temple, and we celebrate it by building our own temples at home. But fine. But the objective of Sukkot, the point of Sukkot, is to celebrate our new lease on life and to dedicate that lease, to dedicate it to sacred purpose, to get dedicated like the temple to God, to dedicate it to doing good, to living righteously, to sowing justice, to pursuing peace. Sukkot is a time in which we take that new lease on life and we commit it to sacred purpose. And then there is Shemini Atzeret, the holiday at the end of the Sukkot season, the holiday that ends that whole trajectory. And the question that Shemini Atzeret asks us as we end that season is now that we have that new lease on life, now that we've seen, rehearsed our death and recognized that we only have a limited amount of time here on this earth and we need to put it to good use. And we spend Sukkot celebrating that life and committing ourselves to the use that we can be, that we can put that life to. Shmini Atzeret asks us, and now that you're departing, will you take it with you? Will you take that insight with you when you go home, when you return to your tents? Will it change you? Will you hold it in your heart? Will you bind it to your soul? Will it mobilize your feet and your arms, your mind? Or will you end up like Homer Simpson, back on the couch, eating potato chips and watching football just like you were before Rosh Hashanah? Well, not, maybe not football before Rosh Hashanah because it didn't start yet, but maybe you're not watching football at all anymore because, I, you know, whatever. But anyway, drinking beer at least, right? Will you be changed, and will you carry that change with you, or will you just revert back to the way you were before? That's what Shemini Atzeret offers us. And that's why the two dominant features of the holiday are Simchat Torah and Yizkor. doesn't really have, Shemini Atzeret has really no other identifying feature except for those two things, Shmini Atz, uh, Simcha Torah and Yizker. Because as we end this high holy day season, as we ask ourselves, what will we take with us from this journey we've been on 
to hold it with us in our lives, we remind ourselves of the obligations we have to our ancestors and the insights that they yet have to offer us. And we reflect on their memory. And we hold them close by. And we carry them with us because we need them as we move forward. And we rejoice with the Torah because that, our tradition says, is what we have to take with us for the journey. How we hold these insights close to our hearts and how we live them in our lives is that we embrace Torah. We dance with Torah. We recommit ourselves to studying and living Torah. We take Torah with us. It's why, by the way, that Shavuot is the Atzeret of Pesach, the ending of Pesach, because the liberation of, from Egypt is ultimately meaningless without Torah to carry you forward. And so we end that season as well with a reminder to hold Torah with us, Shavuot being Zman Matan Torah Tenu, the time of giving of the Torah. So we end the Pesach season also with a reminder that as free people, what we need to carry with us to make the most of that freedom and to secure that freedom is Torah. And Shmini Atzeret as well. We end the High Holy Day season by remembering our ancestors and by dancing with the Torah. To know that of all of the insights we gain during this High Holy Day season, ultimately, they mean nothing if we don't live after the High Holy Day season, carrying them with us, transformed, moving in a different direction and staying upon it in this year to come. Chag Sameach.